Regular listener, why not check out our YouTube channel for more Arsenal and general football content? Over there, you can sign up to a Chronicles of Aguna membership, gain access to our exclusive members-only content, as well as our private Discord server. But above all, you'll be supporting me to bring you more content and continue what's been an amazing journey covering the Arsenal so far. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. Listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. Hello, good afternoon and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simeon. And on this edition, we're going to be discussing the reports that Arsenal have made contact with Celtic over the potential signing of striker Odsone Edouard. And we're going to be reacting to Mikel Arteta's press conference in which uh, he... uh, Spoke ahead of the game against Burnley, which, of course, is the early kickoff this Saturday. We're bringing you uh, some more preview content ahead of that game uh, in the next couple of days. So keep your eyes out for that. But let's start off with the Edward stuff, right? That is the that is the big story. Um, I'm guessing that people want to hear discussed. Before I do that, though, let's let's give you guys a quick reminder that this show is sponsored by Manscaped.com. So if you're in need of some male grooming equipment, uh, if your forbidden forest is in need of some deforestation, then head over to Manscaped.com. Enter our discount code, which is 90min20. That's 90min20. And you will get 20% off of your order as well as free shipping. So be sure to check that out. Link is in the description below. Right, let's get back to Odsone Edouard. Now, a player being linked with Arsenal, um, not for the first time. He's a player that Arsenal have been rumoured to have been keeping an eye on for a little while. And Odsone Edouard has been a revelation since he joined Celtic. There's absolutely no question about that. He's played in total 160 times for the Celts. He's played, he scored 81 goals in those 160 appearances, as well as providing 35 assists. Signed from Paris Saint-Germain back in July 2018 for just £9.27 million. Now, I'd imagine that given how important he has been to Celtic in recent years, given his goal-scoring record, which is extremely um, impressive, you would probably think that Celtic will be demanding a major, major fee for Odsone Edouard. But unfortunately for Celtic, the situation in which they find themselves as a football club financially, not just because of uh, the pandemic, you know, because of other factors as well. Celtic haven't been the financial powerhouse that they maybe were in years gone by um, of late. So they they have got some issues and I'm sure uh, they, will be, uh, they will be willing to accept a more reasonable bid for the player, especially given that his contract 
uh, will go into its final year at the end of this season. So at the end of this season, Otsone Edouard's current Celtic deal will only have a year remaining and therefore they may feel they have no choice really uh, but to cash in on the striker. Before I continue to give me my give you my thoughts on Otsone Edouard and um and relay where this story's coming from. Uh, I want to say a big hello to lots of you in the live chat. Big hello to Graham Usher, to Brad uh, Richardson, to Alex, to Femi, to Simpy, to Saeed, to Ushin, joining us from snowy Ottawa. Um, I hope you're well. Uh, big hello to Brett the Gunnar, um, who's watching us via Twitter, to Ebi, to Femi, to Yasir, to Christos as well. Um, and of course, to Jasha. I uh, hope you're all good. So, um, yeah, look, the... This report that I'm I'm referring to, and there are others, you know, it's been doing the rounds for a little while now that Arsenal are interested in Otsole Edouard, but this is coming from Ian McGarry of the Transfer um, Window podcast. And it's a podcast that I actually used to listen to a fair amount when I was working in a previous uh, writing job because it was one where the contributors were reliable, the contributors were respected at least you know not every contributor is going to be reliable every single time but um you know they were respected and it was worth listening to what they had to say regarding certain topics and the latest from Ian McGarry is that Arsenal have made contact with Celtic we'll come on to talk about the press conference Mikel gave today in a minute but just to kind of reiterate and I guess it backs up what Ian McGarry said Mikel Arteta has told us that this summer transfer window is already planned. So that suggests that Arsenal have identified their transfer targets. They know exactly what it is that they want to do. And it's just the case now of whether they're able to pull those deals off, whether the finances are available and whether they can get those deals that they desire over the line. In terms of Otson Edouard, spoken about him before, spoke about him at length on yesterday's podcast. So I don't want to go mad um you know on on sort of the the analysis of Odson Edouard I'd do that if we signed him and I did do it quite a bit yesterday so just to give you a brief sort of overview of Odson Edouard um for me he's a player who as well as having the ability to hold up the ball similar to Alexander Lacazette bring others into the game assist people he is somebody with a greater physical presence um Big lad is Otsone Edouard, uh, quite pacey as well and able to play off the shoulder as well as playing as a target man and as a focal point. So for me, he seems like the right fit. You've also got to take into account what I've just said about Celtic and the fact that I think we could probably get this guy for anything between 15 and 20 million pounds. He's also just 23 years of age, um, which would be appealing. There's no, there's no doubt about that from a football club's perspective. If you're looking to bring someone in, you're looking at a potential resale value down the line as well. It will be a factor. And Arsenal will look at somebody like Odson Edouard and say he's 23 years old. He's done really, really well of late. Um, and, you know, if we get this guy in now, there's no guarantee. You, you know, we could, if we needed to, we could look to sell this guy later on uh, for a profit. That will appeal to Arsenal Football Club, particularly at a time like this. So I think you need to take that into consideration as well. And it adds to why this is probably a smart deal and why I think it's one Arsenal should pursue. Now, the issue has been around, you know, what does it mean for Lacazette? 
some of you are asking, what does it mean for Aubameyang? I think Mikel Arteta has made it pretty clear that he doesn't see Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang starting as a centre-forward in every single game. I think there are games where he thinks that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang's strengths, i.e. his pace, his ability to run behind, etc., etc., are are suited to being the front man. But I think there are games where he doesn't think that Aubameyang is going to be the right man to play in that position. And that explains why Aubameyang's been played from the left so often as well. So I don't think it will have a particularly big impact on Aubameyang. I think this would be someone coming in, giving us an alternative option and an option um, that brings you, I guess, the things that Lacazette does and more, if you like. Um, also, we spoke about it yesterday. So again, you know, trying not to go too far into it once again. But we spoke about the fact that um, Lacazette's contract comes to an end. You know, Lacazette's contract has one season remaining after this one. And it feels like it could be the right time for Arsenal to cash in and try and raise some transfer funds because we are going for a rebuild. We are in desperate need of um of revamping the team, of strengthening in additional areas. And if you've got Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang and you're looking at somebody like Odson Edouard, who's probably a little bit more of a player that you'd look at with a view to the future, then, you know, it makes sense that, that you let Lacazette go. Even if you sold Lacazette for the money that you spend on Edouard, you're bringing somebody in who you're looking at staying at the club for five to six seasons, maybe, in comparison to someone whose future's still up in the air. Do you want to commit to giving Lacazette a big money contract? Has he done enough to earn that over the years at Arsenal? I would argue that he's done less than Aubameyang. And that's why Aubameyang, when it came to him, there was no hesitation about it. But when it comes to Alexander Lacazette, if his demands are big, um, I'd actually think that the club would be reluctant to meet those demands. And I think the club would probably prefer at this point to cash in on the Frenchman and earn some money back. So, I can see a couple of you in the in the chat. Um, I'm, where's the comment gone? Uh, Nithin says, I just looked up his stats. He did not have a great season. Should we go for him at this stage? I don't think he's had a bad season, Nithin. I mean, 24 appearances in the Scottish Premier League. He's got 16 goals and four assists. Um, you know, in the Europa League, he's got uh, a couple of goals. He got two goals in the four games that he played in the Europa League. Uh, in the Champions League qualification bit he scored one out of one um so yeah i think he's had a decent season celtic haven't had a good season as a team but i don't think it's fair to look at odson edward and say that he hasn't necessarily delivered because i really do think he has um maybe his performances haven't been as good overall but he's playing in a worse team and i think odson edward is at a point where he wants to move on from celtic i think it was very much you know keep Keep with us, you know, Otsane, stick with us one more year. Let's win our 10th title in a row, which was obviously Celtic's aim at the start of the campaign. That's gone up in smoke now, but that would have been their target. That would have been their aim. And I think they probably just about persuaded him to stay in and mark that what they or what they thought was going to be the marking of a significant um, moment in the club's history. But unfortunately for them, it's not panned out that way. And it's not panned out that way for Otsane Edouard. Uh, let's see what you guys are saying in the live chat. Um, Mark Sweet says, uh, sell Eddie, buy Ed. So, uh, Edward, I think that's meant to be. Keep Lacquer. Integrate Edward into the team next year so that Edward, Lacquer and Martinelli are our main strikers for the season after. Uh, Christo says, I think we should do player plus cash for Edward. I would say Enketia. Yes, he is young, but I can't see him being a top, top player. I agree. I can't see him being a top, top player either. Um, 
the thing is, I wonder if Eddie Nketiah will want to move up to Celtic. And and this is the issue, you know, when you do a player plus cash deal, you're reliant on that player agreeing terms with that club as well. And for the deal to happen, for it all to materialise, there needs to be agreement from all parties. And I'm not sure if Eddie Nketiah will want to go up north of the border. I think we could sell Eddie Nketiah and I think we could probably get almost what Celtic would be asking uh, for Edouard, for Nketiah, which is crazy because Nketiah, for me, has has yet to prove himself. But I, I do genuinely think that there will be interest in Eddie Nketiah. West Ham are one of the clubs that are said to be considering a move. And we know West Ham are not afraid to spend money on underpass strikers. So there you go. Uh, you might see you might see Eddie Nketiah end up somewhere like that. But yeah, um, agree that, that Nketiah probably isn't going to turn up to be a top, top player. Uh, big hello to the rest of you joining me in the chat as well. Brad says uh, Agent Tierney. Yeah, I've got, you know, that might help. You know, Kieran Tierney um, obviously will know what Son Edouard will, will be able to have a word put a good word in and um, tell him about all the wonderful things that Mikel Arteta is doing behind the scenes and what that means for the future. And that might play uh, a key role in, in terms of persuading him to join for sure. Uh, big hello to Julian, big hello to Alcarp and of course to Cypriot Guna. Um, Said Abdullah says, why are we always linked with players for a long time? I remember the same with Lacazette. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, it, it does happen quite often in the Arsenal world where, we um we get linked with a player for a couple of seasons before a deal actually materializes um but with Otsone Edouard you know he's one he is one that we've been linked with for a couple of seasons now but i think when you watch this arsenal team now you understand the need for someone like that a little bit more i said it yesterday so i don't you know want to go into it too deep but that situation, that scenario where Arsenal are in a game struggling to break someone down who sat with a low block, defending deep, and we're lumping crosses into the penalty area. I just, I'm calling out for that physical presence. And Otsone Edouard is someone that would bring that to the table. Is he dynamite in the air? No, he's not Olivier Giroud in the sense of, you know, his sort of ability to power balls into the back of the net with his head. But he is someone that brings a presence and a presence is the first thing you need really in the penalty area because from then on you can make things happen in and around that player. And so, yeah, um, he would bring something that we don't have uh, necessarily. Uh, Side also points out um, that it's a risk to sign players from outside of the Premier League. Yeah, and and I agree um, that, you know, there is a, an element of risk to that. I would say there's an element of risk to every single transfer. But with... Um, with Otsone Edouard, I think because of the price, we think we could probably get him at, which is around about 15 to 20 million pounds, which nowadays isn't a crazy amount of money. I know we're in COVID times. I know we're in different times, but it feels like a, a reasonable amount and it feels like an amount that Arsenal could could afford. Um, and I also feel like it's an amount worth gambling on because... Yes, he's only done it in the Scottish League and obviously the standard of that, no no disrespect, is not at the same level as the Premier League. But I, I've still seen enough from Edouard to suggest that he could be um, someone that goes on to be a very, very good player for us. Sam says, I would be surprised if we don't sign Edouard if Laka goes considering his feet, although I would love Dembele if he doesn't sign for Atleti in a dream world. I assume you're talking about uh, the former Celtic Dembele, another striker. 
um, you know, who made his name north of the border and has gone on to have a pretty decent career off the back of that. Um, Rory asks, what are the two positions you think we really need to strengthen? I think we need a, a left back. Um, I think that's urgent. I think we need a another centre midfielder. Um, and I mean a central midfielder, not a not a number ten, not an Odegaard, not a Smith Rowe, a, a central midfielder, someone in that double pivot to increase the competition. Because I hate the fact that when Xhaka or Partey are unavailable, we're turning to to Mohamed El Neni or you know I like Sabahs, but you know we don't know if he's going to be here next season. So put him up, put him to one side for a minute. I think we need a central midfield player. I think that's really important. Those will be the two priority ones, but I do think we need a striker as well. And I do think that, you know, maybe I guess signing a striker hinges on whether we allow Alexander Lacazette to go or not. Uh, but I think it's a position that we need to be looking at for sure. Uh, what else have we got? Let's pick out a couple more of your comments. Xander says, Edward is young and has scored goals in the Champions League. So sure he could adapt and become a great striker in the Premier League. Uh, some love for Mesut Ozil in the comments. A little bit random, but there you go. Hope you're well. Um, Alcarp says, if we are going after Edouard, does that mean that either Laka or Oba is going or we're selling Eddie? Oba's not going anywhere. Laka's a possibility, as we've already discussed, because of the contract situation. And Eddie Nketiah is a, is a real possibility as someone who could potentially leave the club as well. Because... He needs minutes. You know, as much as I don't think that Eddie Nketiah is quite Arsenal level, it would be disappointing to see his career fizzle out and turn into nothing. And he's in danger of that happening if he doesn't play football and he doesn't get minutes under his belt. So for me, I want to see, um, you know, I want to see um, Eddie Nketiah move on, not just for, for Arsenal's sake, but for his own sake as well. Uh, Sam says we would surely only sign him if Laka goes, so it would be more like a replacement for Laka rather than an Oba replacement. Yeah, agreed. Um, what else have we got here? Uh, Harry says, haven't seen much of Edouard, but it's really pleasing to hear that we're working on new additions already. Yeah, and I'll I'll get into those comments a, a little bit deeper in a moment. We'll, we'll come on to look at the press conference that Mikel Arteta gave earlier today. Um Indanil says Arteta's ideal striker will be someone who's a mix of Laka and Oba. Someone with Laka's all-round play and Oba's goal output. Cannot Sonny Edouard be that man? He has the attributes to go on and be that man. He really, really does. But as I always say, as those of you who listen and watch this regularly will know, potential means nothing if not fulfilled, right? So you need to, to reach that level. You need to achieve what it is that people hope you can achieve or what it is you've shown you can achieve uh, before you can be considered the finished article. And I, I, so I can't say that Odsane Edouard is the finished article because he hasn't done it in what I would class as a top league yet. But based on what I've seen, based on the attributes that he has, I think he can be that player. Yeah, and and Martin, that, that ties in with Martin's question of is Edouard better than Lacazette? I would say that right now at this moment in time, it's difficult to distinguish between the two because one, you know, is, is playing in the Premier League and one is playing in the Scottish Premier League. So whilst Edward's goal record looks better, um, I think you have to take that into account. But what I would say is that, in my opinion, Edward's ceiling is higher than Lacazette's. And given there is, what, six years um, between them in age, I think you've got to lean towards Edward off the back of that. Uh, what else have we got here? 
Shobnam asks, this is an interesting one. Harry, would you take 100 million for Saka to buy three top players like Neto and Watkins? Um, I don't want to sell Bukayo Saka. You know, let's get that out there. Um, you know, he's he's a massively important player to this Arsenal team. He's, I talk about ceilings. He is one whose ceiling is all the way up there and someone that we should be uh, looking to hold on to at any cost. But every player has their price and particularly at a time like this. And if 100 million came across the table, me personally, I would consider it. If I was running a football club and looking at the good of the football club in the future and I thought that it would allow us to go and, and strengthen in free areas as you mentioned there, Shubham, then I would consider it. I can't say if I'd 100% do it. Depends who that money's coming from. It depends on whether the player would want to leave. Depends on so many different factors. But um, yeah, I would um, I would consider 100 million because I think everybody's got their price. Let's see what else we've got here. Um, Christo says, I think the priority should be the right back position. I think Cedric is a good player, but not good enough to help Degas forward. That's assuming you think that Hector Bellerin is going to leave. Um, Hector Bellerin is the subject of my next members video, which is available uh, to gold members and above. So if you are interested in becoming a member of the channel, giving us a, a bit of your support and getting access to those members videos as well as some other benefits and perks, then click on the link in the description for more information. I'd love to have you. Um, and we'd love to have you in our private Discord server as well. Uh, so check it out. But Bellerin is the next subject of my member video. So keep your eyes peeled for that one. It will be dropping. If not today, then definitely tomorrow. Uh, just making a few uh, finishing touches to it. Uh, Samuel Ingram says, I, I never understand why people say my name, my surname is Seymour. I, I get it so often. How do you get Seymour from my surname? I, I don't get it. It couldn't be, you know, further off <laughs> Seymour. Incredible. But how about buying Anthony Martial from Manchester United? How about no? <laughs> Not interested. <laughs> uh, right. Let's see um, what else we've got. Um, Brian Morgan asks about, is that Ainsley Maitland-Niles that you're referring to? I think Ainsley Ensley, is that who you mean? Ainsley Maitland-Niles. Just clarify in the comments, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with it anyway. Hi Harry, I think Ainsley Maitland-Niles can play the central midfield pretty good. Look at what he's doing on loan. I, I'm of the opposite opinion, Brian. I think he's been really underwhelming on loan, but I said he would be because partly, well, partly because he's gone and joined a very very weak team in West Bromwich Albion, a team who aren't going to dictate play, who aren't going to get on the ball and control football matches. And I think that has been to the detriment of Ainsley Maitland-Niles. And I said that at the time the move was announced. So I'm not convinced about him in that midfield position. I was never convinced about him in a midfield position. Ainsley Maitland-Niles for me, if you're going to keep him at Arsenal, you keep him because he's a bit of a utility man and he can cover either fullback position. But that's about it. Um, not the central midfielder we're looking for, in my opinion, Brian. Um, but that is just my opinion. And of course, uh, yours is completely respected. Um, Shiro says uh, Katie and Van Dyke should end the discussion that Scottish imports can only fail even if you buy people from the Netherlands it's a risk but they are always some of the hottest ones on the market agreed but for every Kieran Tierney and Virgil Van Dyke, there are a number of players that have been flopped so you know you, you're right to say that it shouldn't be that 
that we're looking at every Scottish import and saying that they're going to fail. But you can understand why people are sceptical of players coming from that league because the standard is so much lower. Because we've seen others, you know, you mentioned a couple that have been really good, but there have been others that have come into the Premier League that maybe haven't been so good. So it's a it's a balancing act when it comes to the risk, isn't it? Um, what else have we got? Um, going to skip a little bit forward on the comments because I'm realise I'm a little bit behind. Alcarp's telling me, Harry, you need to be faster on the comments. People in the chat have already answered this 10 minutes ago. I can't, I can't go any faster. <laughs> um, Jashar asks if anyone's been linked with him. Anyone else has been linked with him. Um, talking about Otsune Edward. Has anyone else been linked with him? People have been linked with him in the past. I don't think there's as... There's strong links with anyone else like there is with us today. Um, whether they that changes, you know, remains to be seen. I think the minute that people become aware of Odson Edouard's availability in the summer, then I think there will be uh, a little bit more of a, a rush around him uh, because he is a talented player. He is someone that is has the attributes to go on and be very successful in the Premier League, but who is also available at a very reasonable uh, price. So for me... Um, I think there will be others and there will be others interested right now based on what I'm reading today there's no one being linked as strongly but in the past we've heard of Everton being interested we've heard of West Ham being interested we've heard of a number of clubs being interested so Arsenal in my opinion would have to um, would have to uh, would have to take on some some rivals if they were to get him or do the deal really early that's the alternative uh, Mr. George says, call me crazy, but I think we should put in a cheeky offer for Van der Beek. Really good player, really good player. And he's not getting any game time at Man United at the minute. And that's a real worry for him. You know, I read something this morning that uh, one of the Dutch coach who's worked with Van der Beek claims that it's because the players around him at United aren't smart enough to move the ball in the right way. I don't know if there's anything in that, but it's interesting that those in the Netherlands have been extremely surprised by the way uh, Donny van der Beek has come to the Premier League and found himself on the outside um, looking in pretty much. And um, yeah, look, I like van der Beek. I think he's a really talented player, but will Manchester United do business with us? I don't know. Um, it's always a always a difficult subject. Uh, Jabulani says, Harry, I like Odson Edouard, but I also like Ivan Tony at Brentford. If it came down to a choice, I would probably choose Ivan. Interesting that. Interesting. Um, me, personally, I'd go with, with Edouard, but there you go. Uh, what else have we got? Let's pick out a couple more comments before we move on. Um, Martin... Pankowski says, I think French imports have been hugely underwhelming, which is odd. Yeah, some of them have been. Um, some of them have been for sure. Um, you know, you look at years gone by and, and that was the place to go. You know, that was the place to go. It was go and go and raid the French League, find a couple of uh, sort of unearthed gems and bring them across. And other clubs have done that as well. Other clubs have gone over there and brought in really, really good players um for reasonable amounts of money that have gone on to to be very successful but i think you're right martin i think that the level of league has has maybe declined even further 
um, than what it was maybe years and years ago. Plus, you got to remember now, like when when Arsene Wenger came in and was raiding the French league, nobody else was doing that. He was a step ahead of the curve. He was an innovator. He was doing things that other people weren't even thinking of doing, and that's why he was bringing in players. And people were going, "Where the hell did he pluck him out from?" But as years have passed, scouting networks have improved. Um, recruitment policies have become uh, have been reviewed and have been improved and you, you you see in even some of the smaller clubs if you like uh, be able to go out and unearth some of these players um, as well and it's just the way football's changed and, and that's something that Arsene Wenger probably deserves a bit of credit for I think obviously there were transfers going on between clubs you know from overseas prior to Arsene Wenger but I think he made it a real I think he made it seem like it wasn't a big deal to go and pluck players out from different leagues. Whereas maybe in the past, clubs would go over overseas and bring players in. Of course they would, but maybe they were not as... It wasn't their first idea. It wasn't their first um, their first priority. Their priority was to do, thing, to do domestic business. And, and maybe Arsene Wenger slightly helped in changing that or shifting that mindset. Uh, I can see some of you saying that a couple of other clubs are are linked with Edouard, Leicester being one of them, uh, Villa uh, also being rumoured. Yeah, as I said, there's been a few. I've read Everton quite a bit as well. Um, but are they being linked as seriously as we are at the moment? I would have to say no. Um, so, yeah. Uh, what else have we got? Let's uh, let's let's move on to the press conference. Let's move on to the press conference because Mikel Arteta has been talking to the media ahead of the game against Burnley, and I'm just going to take you through some of the updates. Uh, so he was asked about the fitness of Emil Smith Rowe, who of course was substituted at the weekend with an injury. Um, some good news in that the scan has shown no significant injury. Uh, however, he does say that Emil Smith-Rowe is still experiencing some discomfort. So we're probably going to have to wait uh, and see how Emil Smith-Rowe is ahead of the game against Burnley. But, um, you know, obviously positive news that it's nothing significant. But Emil Smith-Rowe is, is a player who's struggling with fitness and maybe the rest is, is the best thing for him now. And I think that, you know, not having a game midweek this week has obviously been a bonus, but we're going to enter back into a really difficult period of fixtures. And so um, it's important that it's managed correctly. And as I keep saying, I keep beating the same drum, but this is why it was imperative that somebody like Martin Erdogan was brought into the club uh, because Emil Smith-Rowe cannot, and I don't mean this in a disrespectful way. I don't mean this as a criticism towards the young man. He just cannot withstand playing game after game after game after game. And and this is this is what happens when he does. Um, you know, he ends up picking up a knock. In terms of the summer transfer window, I've already touched on this, but Mikel Arteta um, made it clear that plans are already in motion. Arsenal know exactly what it is they want to do and what they hope to do. Um but that is partly dependent on how and where we finish. And we've always said that, you know, on this channel, we've we've discussed it time and time again. People sort of getting carried away with what the summer transfer window might bring have maybe at times forgotten that I, our spot at the end of this season, our ability or not to get European football will have a massive impact on where we are financially and therefore have a knock on effect in terms of what we can do. So, um, 
nothing new there from Mikel Arteta. We all we all understood that and probably knew that. But what we didn't know necessarily, although we may have had our suspicions, is that the transfer window seems to be planned already. And Mikel Arteta and Edu and whoever else have been working behind the scenes uh, to identify potential targets. Told you earlier on in the show that contact's been made with Celtic over Odsone Edouard. That is a report that is not of my own, I've got to say. Um, but it's the report that's that's caught my eye this morning. Um, if that is to, believe, to be uh, believed, then... Mikel Arteta's, I guess, comments in the press conference back that up, don't they? Um, he was asked about Lacazette's future. Um, obviously, it seems like a bit of a natural question now, given the talk around him, given the uncertainty around his future. And, and Mikel said that he's very happy with him um, and that discussions over a new contract or not will take place uh, very, very soon. So Mikel Arteta focused fully on the football at the moment. He was also uh, asked about the links to Barcelona, another thing that we discussed a couple of days ago on the show, because, of course, the elections are taking place uh, at the Camp Nou this weekend. Um, And it just, as I said at the time, it's not something, in my opinion, that we need to worry about just now. I don't think that Mikel Arteta is going to pick up his bags and leave right now. Um, Nor do I think he's done enough yet to prove that he's worthy of a job like that, by the way. But he has reiterated the fact that he's fully focused on Arsenal, said he's Arsenal's manager today, Arsenal's manager tomorrow, and and pointed to the fact that this is just election talk. Um, as I told you guys the other day, Barcelona presidential candidates have, you know, that's what they do. They go on record. They say, I want this guy. They say, I want that guy. And whoever's kind of plan or proposal sounds the most appealing normally wins the vote. The deal is here that, you know, that <laughs> you've got to try and siphon out between the candidates which one of their proposals is actually realistic and which one is just blowing hot air because he's trying to get a deal done so yeah lots of interesting um bits and pieces to consider there but Mikel Arteta fully committed to the Arsenal and um the final bit from the press conference I want to pick up really is is the bit about Fuller and Balogun you know is he is he staying is he going there were more reports yesterday that he's agreed terms with RB Leipzig none of that's been confirmed I think it's not true at this point, um, Mikel Arteta is still positive about keeping him. And I don't think he would be if that was true. Um, you know, he, he says that one thing he can guarantee is that the club are trying everything to keep him. Says that he wants to keep our in-house talents at the football club, uh, which is obviously positive to hear as supporters. So, yeah, um, let's see. Let's see. See how that one goes. Get your questions in the live chat box. Let's pick up a few questions before uh, I jump off uh, this afternoon. Uh, Don't forget, if you're a gold member or above, uh, you will find our latest members video is available now. It's a QA and a with you guys providing the questions. Uh, It's a good bit of fun as always. So uh, yeah, check that out if you haven't already. And there's another bit of content dropping, if not later today, then tomorrow. Uh, So yeah. Looking forward to sharing that one with you as well. If you want to become a member, click the link in the description. Quick reminder, the show is sponsored by Manscaped.com. So if your Forbidden Forest is in need of some deforestation, uh, then enter our discount code, which is 90MIN290MIN20, and you'll get 20% off at Manscaped, as well as free shipping on your order. Uh, How many likes have we got so far? How many likes have we got right now let's have a quick look before we continue and then i'll come to those questions so use this opportunity to get the chat box um 
full of um full of your questions full of your thoughts let's have a look we've got just 58 likes guys there are over 200 of you watching live right now let's get up to 100 likes at the absolute minimum doesn't cost a thing just smash the like button it really really does help right let's pick up some of your question Jasha says harry with saka's rapid development an improved contract should soon be on the horizon i'm concerned as he has the same agents as balligan and ketia and nelson who all seem to be leaving the club i don't know um that they are the same agents i it rings a bell so i think you are along the right lines there um I'd have to check to be 100% sure, but it sounds right. Um, But I think it's very different with Bukayo Saka. You know, Arsenal negotiated a contract with Bukayo Saka without any real issues. Um, So even though the agency's right, I think obviously the players' demands and the players' desires play a part in that, right? Ultimately, the agent works for the player. And in Balogun's case, I think it's been about game time. And I think that that thing about game time will be coming from him. It won't be coming from the agent. The agent's only interested in the financials. The agent's only interested in what he's going to bring to his client from a monetary value and what that means for him in terms of a commission. So, yeah, um, I, I get what you're saying. But for me, I think the situations are very different. You know, Bakayo Saka's found himself as, you know, one of Mikel Arteta's go-to men, a regular in the team. He's got no worries, no issues, no concerns there whereas the players you've mentioned there Balogun can't get a look in at the moment Eddie and Ketia can't get a look in at the moment either and neither can Reese Nelson so those situations I think are different Joshua um but I understand where you're coming from I just I, I would if it were me I wouldn't worry about it at this stage uh Talal says would an election system like the one at Barcelona work in the Premier League the culture behind the, the scenes of the clubs in Spain is very very different to those in England um you know I'm not I'm not sure it would be the worst thing in the world. You know, imagine Arsenal fans got to vote on on who was gonna be um the running the club for for the next few years for a term. It's not the worst thing in the world, but you know, this is this club is owned by the Cronkies. They're not gonna do that, they're not gonna allow that to happen. And it's not common practice here in the UK, um, as I've said. I think look, a lot of good comes out of the fact that they have elections because it does mean that people who um, who genuinely want to be there are there. People who have genuinely won others over are the ones that are ultimately normally given the job. But there's a lot of bad that comes with it as well. I mean, look at it now. All the press reports of late about Barcelona are, are sort of poking fun at their presidential candidates, you know, and, and I don't know if that's necessarily helpful either. Um, Creambone says, Harry, should we be looking to raid clubs like Dortmund who have financial difficulties for their young gifted players? It would be great if we could, but we've got financial difficulties as well, um, is what I would say. So, um, it it would be great, but I I feel like that would be an ideal world scenario. Um, and I'm not sure that we're in that position if you know what i mean um so yeah in theory it'll be great but i don't know um i don't know how practical that is adam says uh, hi harry off topic but where do you see reese nelson's future honestly away from arsenal um and not because i want him to go not because i dislike the guy i just i just don't see it with him um i just don't see it with him 
I, I really don't. I don't see how he's going to push on. I don't think that Mikel Arteta sees it either. Hence why he's not had any game time. Um, he's not been part of the plans. I just think that Reese Nelson needs to go somewhere and play football regularly. And look, if that's to be on loan, first of all, then I'm cool with that. Um, but I don't see his longer term future at Arsenal. I really don't, as sad as it is. Uh, Talal says, Harry, we would love it if you made a video about hidden gems in Serie A that Arsenal should look at. That's a very interesting idea, Talal. And um, I'll definitely look into that for sure. Josh Hunter says, uh, do you think the same lineup that played against Leicester with Emil Smith-Rowe starting ahead of Odegaard, if he's fit, should start against Burnley? No, I think there should be some changes again. Um, and I say that because at the moment, everybody's playing well. So you can make those rotational changes when everybody's playing well. I think Aubameyang should come back into the side. Um, you know, I think that Partey should come back into the side. You know, you could argue that there should be maybe a change at centre-back as well. Um, I think Bellerin should come back into the side. So I think there are a lot of changes that, that Mikel Arteta will make. I think Odegaard should play. If there's any doubt about Emil Smith-Rowe's fitness, then Odegaard should play for me. Um, but that's my view. I think rotation needs to continue uh, in order to keep the freshness. In order to, and in all, Not just the freshness, right? Because they played on Saturday and they're not playing again until Saturday. Sorry, they played on Sunday and they're not playing again until Saturday. But... It's about the competition in the squad as well. It's not just about the physical condition of the players. It's about giving the others a chance now to go and prove themselves. And for them always to be looking to get above each other in terms of the standings, in terms of the pecking order. And, you know, those guys have got that I've mentioned that maybe should come back into the side have got big points to prove after the players that came in on Saturday went on, I keep saying Saturday, on Sunday, went to Leicester and did what they did. So I think that kind of competition's healthy and I think rotation's healthy in that sense. Um, rotation when you're weak and in your side is not. But I do genuinely believe now, Arsenal, that we're at a point where we can rotate in certain positions, not all of them, in certain positions and we're still pretty much of the same level, which is obviously a good thing. Uh, already answered that one. Uh, Nikomo says, Harry, how good is Balogun really? Is he that good or is it just fans gas? I think it's a bit of both, if I'm honest. Um, he has shown signs that he can go on and be a really good striker. He has shown signs that he's a very good finisher, very clever in his movement and a player that has a future. However, there is an element of fans gas to it as well. Like you've said, you know, we're talking about a guy who's not played in the Premier League. And people are, are demanding that he's given a hundred grand a week contract and demanded that he's um, given the game time that he feels he deserves. And it's just absolute madness uh, for me. It, we are getting carried away. And um, I want to see a little bit of middle ground applied when we're talking about the whole Balogun thing. Uh, Harry says, if we make the Europa League final, who is in your back four and who is your front four? Assuming Xhaka and Partey start. Interesting question, Harry. Uh, right now, I would go my back four. Would be Bellerin. Would be... And I know people are going to get onto me straight away for saying Bellerin. I, I, I still think he's the number one right back at the club. Uh, it would be Bellerin. It would be Tierney. It would be David Luiz. And if he can rediscover his form, if he can get back to the the player that we saw a couple of months ago, um, then um, I would go with Gabriel. I would go with Gabriel. 
looking up front, for me, it would be Aubameyang, Lacazette, Saka and Odegaard. That'd be my front four. Let's see what else we've got here. Um, Xander says, with Richard Garlick coming in, do you think this could impact any incomings this summer? Or do you think he's already in the loop with Edu and Arteta in regards to targets? Yeah, I think they've probably already had some chats, had some discussions. And um, yeah, I think uh, I, I think he'll be he'll be in tandem with what they're doing at the moment. I really do. Um, I think that's um, I think that's um, that's probably the case you know you'd imagine that there's been those conversations you know you we talk about it a lot don't we transfers don't always happen overnight you know there needs to be a lot of groundwork in the background I'm sure Arsenal would have taken steps if if Mikel Arteta and Edu have identified players to get those things those wheels in motions uh, to prevent the likes of and look Richard Garlick's job is not going to be to say no you know I know you like him but I don't want him um, that's not his job his job is to to oversee other areas um, and I think that that Richard Garlick will will be in contact with the guys but I think ultimately it'll be Edu and Arteta that make those calls what else have we got um Shubham says, Harry, why don't we go for Ollie Watkins? His hold-up play is world-class, plus he's an Arsenal fan. I like Watkins. Um, but again, you know, you're talking about taking a player away from a fellow Premier League club and it costs a lot of money. And I don't know if A, Aston Villa would be willing to sell, if B, Arsenal would be willing to match their valuation and see, you know, if if that deal can be done. That's, that's the thing. But yeah, good player for sure. Um, what else have we got here? A uh, couple more suggestions for different types of videos. Let me, I'm making notes of these um, because I do want to remember them. Uh, so we've got the Seria Hidden Gems one. And then we've got the, what did I just see? I just saw a really good one. Lone Watch. Really good idea. Really good idea that. Um, right. I'm going to pick out a couple more questions because I've got a dash. Uh, so just going to pick out two more. Um, Don Perry Perry says the fact that you prefer Bellerin over Cedric worries me O'Dane Cooper says you're out of your mind that's fine Mikel Arteta prefers it to Bellerin by the way as well just to let you guys know in case you haven't realised that you know Hector Bellerin is preferred at right back to Cedric by Mikel Arteta so I'm not crazy when I say that, unless Mikel Arteta is crazy as well. I think Cedric's a good fullback. I do. I'm not saying he's not. But I think in Mikel Arteta's mind, Hector Bellerin is the number one right back at the club. And that's not changed. It's not changed at all. So, um, yeah, that's how it is. Um, Vladimir says, uh, why English commentators don't ask a player how his name is pronounced? You're talking about He's, he's talking about Martin Erdegor. Um I know how it's supposed to be pronounced. We had uh, Jonas Yeva on the show when we signed him, who's fantastic. Um, and he told us all about it, but it's not, you know, it doesn't come naturally to me to say it that way, which is a problem. Something I should improve on for sure. And if I was commentating on a football match, I would make particular effort to get it right. But I'm not right now. 
Um, I'm on a podcast, my podcast, where nobody's going to tell me um, <laughs> tell me off if I say it in a different way. So there we go. Um, what else have we got here? Um, as Harry says, look, why are we so triggered when Bellerin is mentioned? It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And look, if Cedric continues to play well at right back, you know, good. And I and I hope he does. And if he does, then he deserves his place in the team. I'm not saying that Cedric is a bad player. Why do people take it that way? I just don't think Bellerin is as bad as half of you make out. And I don't think that Mikel Arteta thinks that Hector Bellerin is bad and doesn't think he's bad as half of you, um, you know, make out. So unless Mikel Arteta and Unai Emery and Arsene Wenger before them were all clueless, then, then maybe it's you guys that... Um, they need to reevaluate your view, and and look, you're entitled to your view, as I am mine. Um, but I don't call you crazy when you tell me that my view, um, when you disagree with, with sort of my view, you know, it's just the way it is. Um, right. Let's see. Uh, yeah, and as Xander points out, uh, Odegaard, Odegaard released a video uh, saying he was fine. Um with uh with his name being pronounced in a certain way and mr george points it out hector alexis wants to win too much bellerin you know it's another one uh, taking taking one little couple of one little quote from a, an interview doesn't give it without the context and that's why everybody's on his back because of something like that it's, it's madness man it's it's really madness. You know, he is one of the leaders in that Arsenal squad. He's someone who's regularly given the captain's armband by Mikel Arteta. He's somebody he trusts implicitly. Um, he's somebody who's a regular in the team and who, when fit and is not in need of a rest, is Arsenal's first choice right back, whether you like it or not. And as I said yesterday, the fact that clubs like Paris Saint-Germain, like Barcelona, are interested um, in... Um, in signing the player and would be willing to pay 20 to 25 million pounds for him and are not looking at Cedric tells you that actually it's not crazy uh, to think that he's the number one right back at the club right uh gonna leave it there gonna leave it there the Bellerin chat is getting tasty again in the in the comment section but I'm just you know it's boring like we do it every time like if somebody asks me who my team would be and I put Bellerin in it I'm allowed to do that just like you you would be allowed to put, you know, you would be allowed to put Cedric in your 11 and I wouldn't say it's crazy. You know, you can, you're entitled to that. But it just feels like every time the issue or the discussion or the debate around Hector Bellerin comes up, it becomes a, you know, a, a, let's have a go at, at Hector Bellerin. And it's just boring, man. Like he's an Arsenal player at the end of the day. He's never shown anything in terms of... um. You know, people used to talk about Mesut Ozil and say, oh, you know, he, um, you know, he doesn't care about the club. You can never look at Hector Bellerin and say he doesn't care about the club. And so he deserves the support of the fans, whatever you think about him. Um, so, you know, if you prefer Cedric right now, that's absolutely fine. Um, you know, there is a strong case in it. I would accept that there's a strong case that says he should play the next game at right back because he played well the other day. But the reality is that the pair are going to be rotated. And if you're asking me who I think in Arteta's opinion is slightly ahead, um, you know, then I think that that man is Bellerin. And I think that you will see that 
um, you know, you will see that a little bit later on. Uh, Tony Flowers says, shouldn't you elaborate on your answer a bit more? I can tell you what I think Bellerin does wrong and his ability compared to Cedric. You want me to elaborate on my answer? Elaborate on my answer because I feel like I need to now before I go. I was going to go and have my lunch, but we'll um, we'll stay for a couple more minutes. I've got a bit of members content coming out in the next couple of days. So I, I don't really want to go into this too deeply because then I'm going to give away. Um, I'm going to give away basically the content of that video and then there'll be no point in releasing it, which we don't want to be the case. But basically, I, I just think that Hector Bellerin is asked to do a very specific job when he plays in Arsenal's back four. And in that, in that, um, in that back four, he he steps into the middle of the pitch quite a bit. He becomes a bit of a a midfielder. He he comes narrow because Kieran Tierney pushes on so far on the left hand side, um, and he, he has to stay narrow to the right centre back. There are a number of positional and tactical things that Mikel Arteta demands from Hector Bellerin that if he wasn't doing the way the manager wanted he wouldn't be in the side quite simply and he is doing them though and whether you think that that is the right way for the right back to play and you think that Bellerin is doing the right thing is a different story but he is following the instructions of his manager and I'm not going to say any more than that right now because I'm going to I've got a members video coming out in the next 24 hours that deep dives into the comparison between the two and really who should be playing uh, right now there are things that that Cedric does well there are things that Cedric does better but there are also things that Bellerin does better and um, it's not that easy to differentiate between the two but I think the there are some tactical bits um, and there are some elements to Hector Bellerin's game that Mikel Arteta values that maybe we as fans at times overlook so I do highlight those in the video so um in the next uh, in the next 24 hours, you'll get that video and you can check it out. Uh, if you want to become a member and get access to that, click the link in the description. It is uh, very much appreciated. Right, going to leave it there. Uh, going to leave it there. And I know you weren't trying to put me on a spot, Tony. I know. Don't worry, mate. Um, and, and you can call me crazy if you like about my views. That's absolutely fine. But um, that is my view. And, and if you want me to just change my view because of popular opinion and there's not really any point in me doing this podcast the whole point is that my views are coming across and and some of them you'll agree and some of them you won't and and that's the way it is um but yeah i'm not going to change my views just because the general consensus is something different um you know that, that that's how it is um comes with the territory unfortunately but there we go we're going to leave it there i'll be back later on tonight with this week's edition of the social club looking forward to bringing you that one should be plenty of laughs um and uh, yeah should be good stuff until next time take care you're listening to the chronicles of aguna the arsenal podcast I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.